Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 27 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Doing pretty well, man. It's beautiful out. I can sort of taste fall on the horizon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is I've got like three different metaphors there, so that's fun. Um, yeah, so I can, I can taste fall on the horizon. The, I can also taste a skunk has gotten busy outside the window of my house. So I can also kind of taste that. It's been a heavy skunk season this year. And that's less cool. Um, but yeah. uh, Although, okay, Matt, I'm going to say something insane. Obviously not like if I'm, if I'm like close up on it, like this little much, but like a distant whiff of skunk is like, I, I think I might listen. I admit that I might be crazy in this. It's not that bad. Like I kind, I'm like, oh okay. Like it's sort of like an acrid. Like I wouldn't want to eat it. Or anything. No, no, I yeah. Like by if a there's skunk. a if there's a skunk like a block or two away and you get a whiff of it, it honestly I don't. It's not a smell that I look forward to, but it kind of makes me yeah. nostalgic for summer nights as a young man. Like that's as a maybe child. it. That's. A, yeah, it's not that it's a pleasant smell, but it's not awful, and it's like, oh, summer. Yeah, yeah that that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you, so you anyways, know it is pleasant. Getting, it's a little bit heavier than that right now, mm-hmm. so less cool. But no, overall, it's great, man. Yeah, things are cool. Things are cooling down. I had some sort of fall-ish dinner the other day. Like we braised some beef. Ooh, and uh, I just sort of was reminded about fall foods. Like squash and like hashes and like braised meats. Um, very excited about it. We got some oxtail today. Ooh. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, Matt. Very cool. Very oxtail. cool. Uh, right on. Well, uh, you know what else is very cool is episode twenty-seven of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Oh yeah, no, that's that's also very cool. I was still thinking about oxtail though. But... Uh, it is called the Crossroads of Transferring Away from Home. It was written... That's a mouthful. Yeah, I know. It was written by Yoshio Urasawa. Its original air date was August 30th, 1996. Uh, And I really do like that we are sort of roughly following the same, like, calendar schedule as this show. Well, we are now. Now, the thing is... Right, it took us five years to get here. Right, we can't miss any more episodes though. Now, like now, we're we're on. Like we have to stay on schedule. Like there is there is a bit in this episode, and we will talk about it soon. There is a bit in this episode where like they're sitting around and eating dinner, and they're like, "Ah, oh, it's the last cold ramen of the year. Like fall is starting, summer is over." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, like I don't eat cold ramen. I've never had it. It sounds delicious. But like if I, you know, like." I mean, we literally just had a conversation about exactly. This exact thing, so, like, like, it was really, reverse. it was really cool to watch the show, sort of in not real time, obviously, because we're twenty three years behind. In sync, in, in sync, sync is a better way to say it. Uh, anyway, anyway, that's talking about the episode, and we're not going to do that yet, Dave. Because first, as always, 
shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, Matt, our first star of the week is the other day, uh, Beth and I took the kids down to Zoma, which is um, one of our favorite restaurants. And uh, it's that Ethiopian place. I think I've talked about it on the show, right? It's yeah, Ethiopian. Yeah. It's great. And uh, so we it's go It's the down. only place you go out to eat. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the only, I mean, not the only, only place, but okay, listen, here's the deal, Matt. The food is so, del- it's delicious food. And it's very, and it's so reasonably priced that I have difficulty not gauging all other restaurants against it. Cause like, I, 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 I yeah, I think we have talked about that on the show before. Have we? Okay. Yeah. So like one Zoma is a meal at Zoma. And if I'm, if I go to a restaurant, I'm like. I could have had one and a half Zomas for this. Like, this was not worth it. Like, this is yeah, not I good. I mean, hey, listen. You, Dave, you are talking to a man who went to the same diner for lunch every day for two years. I get it. Right, you get it. Just listen. So, yeah, last time I when I left, they did not say, thanks for coming. The waitress, not even the owner, the waitress was like, see you soon. So, <laughs> so like, they, they, we were walking by one day with the kids I was just like on a walk and the kids were like, Injira restaurant. And I was like, well, yes, it is the Injira restaurant, but like, we're not, we're not eating. Like we're just on a walk. And they were like, go in, say hi. And I was like, okay. Like, yeah, they like, that was such a good sentence. Now I feel like we have to. So we get in uh-huh. and say hi. And I'm like, we're not here to eat guys. We're just saying hi. And they were like, no, get it a snack. And I was like, well, that was also a really good sentence. So like, I I guess we can get a snack. I don't even know what to... So I go to the owner. I'm like, could I get one injera like, to go, I guess? And he just says, oh, yeah, sure. Like, no problem. So he goes in the bag and comes out with this injera. <laughs> I was like, what do I owe you? And he's like, it... Like, he gives me this look as though, like, dude, How dare you? How dare you? Like, it's fine. And he goes to the kids. He's like, you can pay me when you're older. <laughs> like we're we're cool so anyway so um but their place is closed on mondays i was like it's oh, sure. family run you gotta have a day off and so here's what i discovered because we had never gone on a sunday evening before and <laughs> what i find out on sunday e- is that if you order food on sunday evening they are generous with with the with the servings Oh, like, we don't want it. Please take it home with you. Yeah, basically, like, it's not going to, it won't necessarily keep till Tuesday. Like, we, if we will have to throw it away, like, you just have it. Because, like, we had ordered, and then, like, once our food had come out, they just started bringing out more food. And I was like, we, uh, I was like, just to be, like, we didn't order this, did we? Did somebody accidentally order extra food? And they were like, oh, no, 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 you didn't order this. Like, you, like, it's fine. You just have it. I was like... We just assumed you would want to eat all of this. We Yeah. Now, listen. They were right. They know us. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, here's the problem. Here's the problem for which I was not prepared. Um, because no one's ever given... There's this chickpea stew mat. And it's called Shirawat. And it's amazing. And no, no one's ever given me as much Shirawat as I cared to eat except for this time. And so mm-hmm. I just kept eating it. And so here's a problem for which I was not quite prepared. Uh, I'm a dude who eats like a lot of fiber in my diet just because of like sure. the way I eat. Like we just eat a lot of vegetables. So like I eat a very high fiber diet uh, anyways. 
So, and I eat at Zoma a lot. Zoma is, Ethiopian food is like mm, solidly 65% lentils. It's dense. It's dense food. And of the 35% remaining, like 20% of that is like cabbage and, and like chickpeas. And so I just was having a grand old time. And uh, even I was not, I don't want to get into the details, Matt. I, I, neither do I. Yeah. I also do not want you to get into these like, details. I just, even I was not quite prepared for, let's just leave it at that. I was not quite prepared for the quantity of Ethiopian food that I had consumed. Um, let's just say this was da- dangerously close to this star imploding and becoming a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a fear of of implosion at yeah, I, listen, I'm going back. Like, please don't get me wrong. Like, I would I would eat there. I would be eating that food right now if I had the option that we were not doing this podcast. It's a, it's Their slogan is, one taste and you're ours. And I was like, that's sort of, I think we've talked about this on the show. That's, that's ominous. That's A, that's ominous. B, turns out fairly accurate. So, <laughs> so anyways... <laughs> Um, outside of me thinking about the next time I can go and eat Zoma, Matt, what is our second star of the week? Dave, second star of the week is that, uh, I, after a very long time of not having one, recently bought myself a camera. Okay. 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 Now, when I say not having a camera, yes, but here, here's what I realized about having a uh, my phone on me at all times uh-huh. is that like I use the camera to take pictures of things, right? But the things that I take pictures of are not things that I want photographs of for the most part. They're like if I'm walking down to the grocery store, I take a photograph of a book, like a page from the recipe book. Or okay, if this I... is like got it. So you, you know what I mean? Not, you're not photographing stuff. You are using this as like a visual note aid. So you do not have to, like, type out the recipe. You're just like, I'll take a picture of it. Yeah, kids do this in class perpetually. Yeah, like, that kind of is just what I use it as. Or, you know, I, you know, the phone needs to have a camera so I can do, like, Skype or whatever. Yeah, right, it's got it. But you are not, the point is, if a cell phone advertises, it's got the best camera of any cell phone, this does not matter to you. Right, like, the thing is that I... I do not delete a lot of pictures. I have had a smartphone now. This is my th- third one, I think. And, like, if you go into my photos, they go all the way back to when I first got a smartphone. And, like, it doesn't take that long to scroll through them. And a decent portion of those are screenshots of, like, comic book panels and stuff that happened in Die Ranger. Like, there's just, <laughs> just not a lot of photographs going on. And so I realized, like, what I actually wanted was I want a camera that, like, produces physical pictures so that I would, A, like, have a photograph after I pressed the button and, like, like a physical artifact of it. And, B, like, actually have to think about, like, oh, I can't just, like, take a bunch of stupid pictures because then I'll run out of film. Like, I, I need to, like actually be conscious of what I am taking photos of, or I will never have another photo in my life. This is a, this is a principle that I think has a lot of, of validity. Like, Hey guys, real quick, like get in gear. Sometimes it's worth it to make things slightly more difficult for yourself 
just so that you value them a little bit more. Yeah. Like, this is a psychological... You could... Life hack, brain hack, friends. Make stuff harder for yourself, and then you'll automatically care about it more. Yeah. No, this makes you total will convince sense. yourself, like, well, I wouldn't have made this more difficult on myself if it wasn't worth it. So right. it must be worth it. Yeah, you're hazing yourself, effectively. But it's it works. This is... No, man, I'm 100% on board with this yeah. plan. This is brilliant. So what I got, and also because we have the uh, we have our uh, annual uh, gr- gathering of our uh, college friends uh, upcoming next weekend, I wanted to have a camera for that. I thought that would be a good excuse for me to pull the trigger on it because I'd been thinking about it for a little while. I bought like uh, an instant camera, like a Polaroid, not actually a Polaroid, but like that sort of thing. And what I realized, Dave, A, is that I, I really enjoy it. And B, that I have completely forgotten how to take, a, like, a photo on a manual... I mean, this is not, like, a manual camera, like a, you know, like a SLR sort of, you know, fancy thing. But just, like, Those taking, words don't mean anything to me. Oh, a uh, single lens reflex, I think is what it means. Oh, wait, you actually... I forgot about this. You took a photography class. In college, yeah. Or in... Yeah. It was at the community college when I was in high school. So it's not something like that. Like, it's it's very much a point and shoot. But there are buttons on the back for, like, putting it into different modes. And, like, oh, if it's up close, you need to put it in this mode. If it's far away, you need to put it in that mode. And here's the button for the self-timer. And, like, it's even got a little feature where it'll do a double exposure. So you can, like, take two exposures on the same, uh, like, piece of film. Oh, very fancy. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, camera. So you can take, like, fake took... ghost pictures. Yeah, basically. Nice. And then I took, like, three or four pictures. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm terrible at this. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> anyway, but I, I think it will be a fun thing to uh, get back into a bit. Um, anyway, Dave, uh, that's our second star. Which, speaking of fun things, do you want to hear the third star of the week? It's not I a would, long one. I would be delighted to. Okay, the other day... I was out in the world, and I saw a guy walking down the street um, with, uh, he was carrying two, like, 10 or 15 pound free weights. Love it. Just, like, walking down just the street, that, sort of like, that, okay, just, like, casually, like, moving some weights around as he was walking down the street. Dude, 10 that 15 dude, pounds is not an, ins- like, that's a pretty decent workout. Like, after yeah. a fairly short period of time, a 15 pound hand weight gets hefty. Yeah, so like, you know, kind of a jacked dude. But Good for like him. the so the the best thing about this though is that what he was wearing was just the straight up like Bruce Lee game of death yellow with black stripe jumpsuit. Just like wearing that, walking down the street, lifting some weights. He might have been listening to some music. It was amazing. Hey Matt, it, just Real quickly, now, I don't know. This is probably like a low-quality Amazon one, but you can get that for uh, $30. Really? If you are, yeah, if you are curious. Uh, I, I think I would have to be significantly more jacked than I am now to pull <laughs> off that particular look. I saw a dude walk. I was at, uh, I forget where I was at. I may have been Whole Foods, and there was a dude and this dude, now listen, man, I, this is hard. This is hard because as a Clevelander, I am not prepared for people doing things ironically. 
Uh huh. Right. Like that's just not. Like it's just not the vibe of Cleveland. Like it's just not a thing. Like people in Cleveland, like we just don't do a lot of stuff. Ironically. Like we do a lot of dumb stuff, but it's not ironic. We're just doing it right. We, we like mean it. it when we do dumb stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's genuinely dumb. Um, so I saw this dude, and it made like it it caused a minor short circuit because I was like, surely nobody would be rocking this look if it weren't a joke. But it's just like Thursday afternoon, so I don't think it is. I'm not. This dude had this is. I just, I can't, he looked like the villain of, like, uh, early 90s skateboard-oriented film. Okay. This dude had maybe late 80s, early 90s. This dude was wearing, like, teal shorts. I don't remember what his shoes were. A... A, like a like a belly shirt. So like the yeah, like a crop top. Yeah, okay, not not quite. I would say like the bottom of this shirt like barely grazed like the the waist of his pants, right? So mm-hmm. like if he sort of was like hunched over, but if he was standing, it was like it wasn't enough to be a belly shirt, but it was definitely trying to like like, I was not tantalized, but... Like, also, this dude... Your dude was very jacked. This dude was not jacked. Okay. Which, like, listen. Statistically speaking, most people aren't. But this is not like a peekaboo six-pack situation that this gentleman was in. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, sunglasses. Like, neon... I don't remember what color. I was just struck by the neon. Neon, like, plastic frame sunglasses. A mustache. And... I don't know that I would full-on say a mullet, but, like, in that zone, mullet adjacent. Dave, I this sounds like quite the getup, but you have to try a lot harder than that to uh, get me to look twice. I feel like you and I live on different sides of town. Like, I feel okay, like I yeah, might actually know that guy. <laughs> well, like, here's, listen. Here's, here's the if sort you of thing see that, that makes dude, me look twice in an outfit. Listen, uh, if you see that dude, Matt... Or a dude that looks like him, if you wouldn't mind asking him if he was at the East Side Whole Foods a few days, that would be ideal. I would like to know. Sure thing. Um, uh, Dave, the, the thing that makes me look sideways in an outfit is like a couple of months ago, I saw a guy walking down the street wearing a king's cape. <laughs> you know, you know, the sort of cape that a king would, you know, yeah, what like, like an ermine collared. It was purple and regal and maybe flowing it was, behind uh, him. It was, it was red. Okay, also yeah, acceptable. It was blowing in the wind. It was definitely like a... It was a costume version of it, right? Okay. Like, it wasn't a nice cape. Did he have the was, rest of a king's outfit? No. He was just... Like, he just had a regular outfit underneath. He wasn't, like, you know, dressed otherwise weird. He was just rolling down the street with this huge billowing king's cape in the wind. So that's 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 what that's the level I'm playing at here, Dave. Listen, uh, yeah, well, listen, you live on, you do live in the part of town. No, that makes sense. I get. Listen, I'm trying to find some fault. Sorry, I'm a little bit. I'm sort of like looping back around on this King's Cloak dude, and uh, a, it's making me think about King's Quest, which is a great series of games. Of course, it B, is. B, uh, 
I can't find any fault with this, Matt. This is a bold decision, and I applaud yeah. this gentleman for it. So, uh, sartorial wonder aside, Matt, what is our fourth star of the week? Dave, speaking of kings, you recall, of course, that I am the king of summer. I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you will cast your mind back to the original conversation about me being the king of summer, part of it was that I had planted a couple of, like, vegetable plants, you know, the vegetable kind of plant. The vegetable, uh, yeah. As opposed to the meat one? Yes, the vegetable, yes, yeah. I recall. Well, as opposed to the flower ones. Okay, I don't know I mean, why still you went vegetable, to but I got it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Like in 20 questions territory, they would both fall under... Sure, but what I'm saying is I didn't plant a tree, I planted tomatoes. Right, I gotcha. Tomatoes, some Thai basil, and some banana peppers. I remember I enjoyed that Thai basil. The the Thai basil's doing pretty well. The banana peppers have not produced much. Dave, now now that we're sort of getting in towards like the harvest end of that season, Uh this tomato plant is gargantuan. It has like completely taken over like, one half of the garden plot that I have at work. Like, it is so big that it outgrew the cage that, you know, like, the the little, like, tomato, like, trellis cage thing you put it in. It outgrew that and started collapsing under its own weight. So I had to put another cage next to it to, like, feed some of the, like, branches and stalks through so that it didn't just, like, completely tip over. It is madness. Is it producing, like, a ton of tomatoes, or is it just, like, a weirdly giant plant? It has produced a ton of tomatoes. They are, like, today I picked, like, six or seven off of it. Uh, it's a cherry tomato plant. Mm. I should have Love specified. a cherry tomato. Yeah, so, like, I picked, like, six or seven off of it, and, like, those were the ones that were red, but it did not make a dent. Like, taking those seven off did not make a dent in the total number of tomatoes on this plant. It is just covered in green tomatoes that I... I have to assume are about to all just pop. And I do like if it continues to produce like further into the season, I do not know what I'm going to do with all of this stuff. Let me tell I mean, you what you I'm gonna Matt, eat it. Tomatoes are delicious. I was gonna say, let me tell you what you're gonna do. You're gonna bring some of those tomatoes over to my house. I love cherry tomatoes. Got plenty say, of basil though still. Only only three banana peppers the entire summer, but these tomatoes are like it's tr- like I I I should take a picture of it and put it on the Twitter feed because, like, it's kind of hard to describe the size of it. It has overwhelmed a tom- Like, there is a tomato plant that is next to it that has not produced any tomatoes because my tomato plant has just, like, absorbed it, basically. Okay, now, see, that is weird to me because, like, what's the possible difference? You know what I think it is, Matt? In some way, this tomato plant is aware... Of its owner? Right, it's aware of my regal nature. Yeah, and it's like this tomato, it just recognizes there's some sort of synergy happening here where the tomato plant recognizes, uh, you know, your your regal nature and also is like fed by it. You've created a snowballing king of summer tomato, uh, you know, reciprocity snowball here. In any case, it's delightful. I ate one say, this today. is an ideal situation. You know, they got that good tomato flavor. You know how sometimes you get tomatoes at the store and they only they have a vague tomato flavor? Yeah, it makes me no, angry. No such thing. 
this is a full-on tomato. Anyway, I'm just talking about how much I like tomatoes, which is not like compelling content. Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, this is, okay, this is, I can't do this. I'm only telling you this so that you can tell me to stop. Because I did have a sort of errant thought about how cool it would be to write a a Power by the Apocalypse uh, pulp fiction, like pulp-oriented, pulp-action role-playing game. Uh, Dave, you might be asking me to, to talk you out of it, but wait, hold on. Let me, give me just a sec. Okay, yes. After a brief stretch, I am now uh, holding in my hand my copy of Adventure, Tales of the Aeon Society. Oh, the uh, man, White that's Wolf such pulp a good adventure game. game. Okay, no, it's, it's an such... extremely good game. Well, it's a good game in theory. A lot of, it's, mechanically, it's troubling. Um, well, you know, it's a 90s White Wolf game. They're all right, little janky. But no, Matt, listen, I got as far as, like, starting to put together a spreadsheet. And, like, I just need, like, I need someone to tell me to stop. Like, I am mid-project on, oh, uh, quick plug. Again, if you are interested, I've heard from a few people. If you are interested in playtesting Ghost Sentai Heroes, do email me at GhostSentaiHeroes at gmail.com and I will get you the info. I'm uh, super excited to hear what people have to say about it. Anyways, I'm literally mid-project on this other gigantic thing. Right. Please, everyone, please email Dave and get this playtest from him because if if he is not sufficiently distracted by that project, he will start a new one and it will only add to his misery. Yeah, like I can't can't do it in my life. Anyways, but I was starting to think about it like, what would you have? You'd have like a man of mystery, a man of tomorrow, a detective, a femme fatale. That's kind of as far as I got. And then I feel like you should have like a villain one. Like you're a bad guy, but you're still sort of a good guy kind of thing. Um, I did start to make a spreadsheet, as I said, sort of like detailing out like what gear they used and like who does what and like what sort of base resources they have. Um it's great. Also, I found like there's got to be somebody out there who's publishing. I'm hoping like republishes a bunch of this old pulp stuff because obviously like some of it I had heard of. Like you know everybody knows Doc Savage and everybody knows the Shadow and Conan. Sure. Um, you know like Green Hornet I think was originally a, a pulp guy, but then there were like a ton of other ones that I had just never heard of. And I was like, dude, this guy sounds rad. I want to read up about this dude. Um, I feel like a ton of that is probably like in the public domain and you could find like a PDF ebook that you could download for free. Man, I will look into it. Uh, anyways, Matt, that's our fist of the week. I just needed to like, I needed to get this out of my brain a little bit so I could stop thinking about it. And hopefully somebody would tell me not to do it. That's all I got. Okay, well, uh, that being out of your brain, why don't we put something in your brain, specifically episode 27 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Uh, We are going to take a break, we are going to watch the show, and we are going to be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, Dave, Car Ranger is just good all the time now, right? Is Is that what I should be assuming? Man, I'm really hoping so. I'm really hoping so. This is very, very good. We are on a hot streak. Yeah, uh, okay. we for sure are. So, um, this episode opens up with a calm stream. Uh, it's peaceful, it's bucolic. And then we see Koban Base in the middle of nowhere, 
It's not even on, like, fully on. It's like a dirt path. So I don't know why Signal Man is there, because there's no traffic. And he even says... This is, like, his catchphrase at this point. Because he says it, Ichitaru says it. Like, they always set up Koban base where no one is around. And then he just stands there and says, like, Huh, nobody here. So we see a mailman. And this mailman just rolls up. This is like the world's greatest. I need the saga of this mailman who is delivering mail on a bike. We on a bike. First of all, we are about to find out delivering mail from space to a spaceman with no fixed address. (laughs) Like this dude. Who apparently, Signal Man, is willing to drive up to Hokkaido to to deal with law infractions. This dude could have been traveling the length and breadth of Japan on a bicycle looking for Signal Man. I mean, like, probably just Tokyo, but Tokyo is still a very large place. Yeah, really big, actually. So... It's and he rolls up and he's just like Signal Man, a letter for you. He gives Signal Man this letter. Signal Man opens this letter up, and this letter. It's not from a ranger. It's not no. from Dapu. It's nope. not hate mail from the Bozok. Nope. This letter is from his son, Sigtaru. Yes, his Signal Man has a son. And a wife. And a wife. That, have, that has never been mentioned. That have never been mentioned. They live on planet police. And they're also robot police people. Yes, but one of them is very small and one of them is a lady. Oh my god. And so we see them. Sorry, we know they're robots because they have like Signal Man style robot heads. They are in all other ways just dressed like people. Like, mm-hmm. Signal Man's wife is just wearing, like, mom jeans and a cable knit sweater and has a robot policeman head. <laughs> and so, Sigtaru Sig- <laughs> Sig- has written this letter. And he says, Dad, like, I miss you because you've been gone for who knows how long. Oh, so the other thing I realized about this is that, like, Signal Man did not... Like this is like a racial, like 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 a ra- like a racial bonus, you know. Like if you're a half elf, you get extra skills and like plus two yeah. to charisma. Like Signal Man is not a he did not like choose to be a policeman necessarily. He's right. just He's... from this is like a uh uh League, Legion of Superheroes. It's like a Legion of Superheroes situation. Like everybody on this planet is police, and he's just like the best one, I guess. I guess. What I really love is that Planet Police is actually three planets. Uh, It is like a red one, a yellow one, and a blue one that are all arranged in space to look exactly like a uh, Japanese traffic signal. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. Okay, so Sigtaru writes this letter. It is like, Dad, I miss you because, like, you've just been gone, I guess. And he says... I really want you to come home because like the school sports festival is going to be soon. Like when school starts, we're going to have this thing. 
and I want you to win the three-legged race with me. Like, this, this, please come home so we can do this thing as, like, father and son and be victorious. Yeah. Uh... He, like, Signal Man is thinking about this. He's like, oh my gosh, I would love to go home. He's having, like, visions of winning the three-legged race. He sees his wife. He gives her a kiss. Like, but he's he's like, no, no, but I can't. I can't go. I can't abandon my mission. And, like, he is so distraught that he, like, tumbles over and knocks over his motorcycle and breaks it. Yeah. Like, he is so... Like, tortured by his inability to leave this mission and go spend time with his wife and child. He just, like, collapses in anguish. And again, and knocks over um, Police Speeder, which is a great, is the name of his bike. So we go to Pegasus Motors, and uh, things are a lot happier there. As Matt said, they're all sitting down at a table. They're eating the last cold ramen of the season. And they're like... They're like, oh, cold ramen, so exciting. And uh, I had in my notes, I'm like, Doc, you could eat cold ramen anytime you wanted. But then I was like, mm, it's probably not as good because I was thinking about my own thing about Braised Doc's Tale. Yeah. So they're like, this is it. This is the good one. They start tucking so into the ramen. They're all like eating out of each other's bowls and stuff. Like it is a, it's a hectic scene. And yeah, uh, it is Single Man rolls in. Let's say rolls in. He walks in, sort of like hauling his bike with him. Right. And he's like, hey, like, I need you guys to, uh, I need you to fix my bike. Ordinary, hey, ordinary citizens who are not the car rangers, I need you guys to finish my bike. Or fix my bike. So we go from there to uh, Barabarian, and it is the annual Bozog Festival. Cool. And Which is nice. It's good to do that sort of thing for your employees. It is. It is. Uh, President Gynamo, he's like, dude, we're kind of in the middle of a recession because of this whole car ranger situation. Like, having a festival is just the right thing. This will, like, lift everybody's spirits. We'll we'll get back into gear, and then we'll kill the car rangers. We are then, uh, so Beauty Zenet walks in, and she's like, hey, I brought over, I don't even remember why she said she brought him over. She's like, I brought over the Bozoak's best pizza maker, XX Milano. Yes, I, I think she brought it because she forgot. Like she was not in the cert, like in the loop for festival stuff. So she's like, "Oh well, what's this week's plan to kill the Car Rangers?" She shows oh, up with I XX this Milano. Guy. Yeah, she shows up with XX Milano, and President Gadam was like, "No, no, no, forget that guy. That's stupid. It's festival time." And then XX Milano is effectively like, "It's a me, XX Milano." Like oh, he it's definitely so weird. does. It's very, very strange because he is full on doing like he's doing a I mean, he's doing a bad Italian impersonation, but it just sounds like he's doing the It's a Me Mario voice. Yeah, but like it's it's just weird to hear someone. It is weird for me, someone who speaks English with an American accent to hear someone else speaking Japanese with an Italian accent. Yeah, it's pretty funky. So uh, everybody's ignoring XX Milano now and he's like. I have to make a pizza pie out of the car rangers. And like, this will prove something. This right. Pr- President Guy like, is like, the festival is more important than the car rangers. And it's more important than pizza, which I took personal offense to. Um, 
And Zanek agrees with them. She's like, oh, yeah, actually, if it's if it's festival time, then forget this guy. Yeah. So we go from there down to Earth. Uh, so Dapu hears the alarm, right? The Bozok alarm. And he runs out to tell the car rangers. But the problem is that they're working on uh, Signal Man's bike. And so right. they can't just transform and run away. Because then Signal Man would know that they're the Car Rangers. I have also, never understood why they don't want him to know that they're the Car Rangers. That except is a, that, that like, is a conceit of the show. Right, everybody else is seen, and so also, of course, they can't. Dapu can't let himself be seen because he knows that like Dapu hangs out with the Car Rangers. Right, and also so, that he's a weird alien. Although I yeah. guess Signal Man is also a weird alien. What, so he might yeah. not necessarily notice how weird Dapu is. I feel like everybody would notice how weird Dapu is. So, uh, Dapu, he sort of like puts on a very bad disguise and he just sort of walks in front of Pegasus Motors and be like, a Bozok has been seen, everyone. If anybody around here cares about that sort of thing. <laughs> He's got like sunglasses and a big straw hat on. <laughs> and Sigma's like, that, what's what's up with that guy? Do you know that guy? Like, oh, yes, he is our neighbor. Our weird neighbor. And so Signal Man is like, oh, well, if there's a Bozok, like, I need to go deal with that. So you guys need to fix my bike right now. So uh, Natsumi rolls over and she is, like, looking at the bike and even her amazing repair skills. She looks at it and she's like, ah, uh, this is going to take, to herself, she's like, this is going to take a while. Uh, Dapu leans over, hits it with the old car magic. It's immediately fixed. Signal Man is like, you really are an amazing mechanic. This is fantastic. He rolls it out, and then Dapu's like, guys, you do need to go deal with this bozo. So they all hench in. Off we go. Yeah. No, by uh, the way, there was a there was a conversation between Signal Man and the car rangers while they were fixing his bike, and they described, they said, oh, you're a business bachelor, which as I understand it means like, you, you're not a bachelor. You have a family, but, like, your job is in a place where your family isn't, so you just don't live with them. Which was, like, the, like, it struck me as very weird, but it did not seem to phase the Car Rangers even a little bit. Um, yeah, they just, they were, I mean, maybe that's just a, a lot more common. I don't know. Uh, so anyways... So we go from there, and the Rangers are all driving around in Dragon Racer and Pegasus... No, Pegasus... Yeah, no, Dragon Racer, Pegasus Thunder. No, I flipped that. This it's is all dra- very bad it's audio. Dragon Thunder and Dragon Pegasus Thunder. Racer. Okay, I'll try that again. Or Pegasus Lightning? I don't know. Oh, are we going again? Oh, yeah, this was... I was terrible. You would think I would know the names of these guys. Eh. Eh. Man, I need to appear... I need to appear flawless... On this show, otherwise everyone will stop listening. That's how it works, right? Oh yeah. If yeah, everyone, yeah. if everyone doesn't think that a producer of media content is flawless in all elements of their lives, they just stop, right? That's how. Well, we... the thing is, Dave, you're fine. You're not on Twitter. They're not going to at you. They're going to at me, and then I'm going to ignore them. Oh, okay, killer. So let's just roll. Uh, they're so driving around. They're they're in cars. They're <laughs> I mean, in cars. It's, it's, they are the car rangers. That makes sense. They're driving around in their cars. Yeah. Uh, so pink racers on the car navy. Uh, and they're like looking for, for whatever's happening. We flash over. We see Ichitaru just eating pizza. And it reminded me how much I would like to get down on some nice za. That would be good. Got a good pie. Yeah. So 
they they find Ichitaru and they're like, Ichitaru, what's up? And he's like, not sure. This bozo just gave me a pizza and uh, looked pretty good. So I'm having it. Here's what's amazing. I don't know if he says a bozo gave me a pizza, but we've already established Ichitaru is very, very familiar with the Bozok. Right. Like he, this kid knows a Bozok when he sees one. XX Mileno is very definitely a Bozok. Like, so Ichitaru just sees this dude who is, like, definitely a monster who is here to, like, destroy and or enslave Earth. But the guy's like, pizza? And Ichitaru's like, mm, yes. I mean, yes, I get I will. It. Thank you. Also, like, Ichitaro is a dude who has, like, faced down a bunch of Bozok, and he knows that the Car Ranger, like, if he can't deal with the situation himself, either Signal Man or the Car Rangers will probably come save him. So it's like, I don't know, this guy's probably trying to blow up the Earth, but no reason I can't enjoy a piece of pizza. <laughs> we'll deal with it. <laughs> So they're like, okay, well, the the car rangers say this is clearly bad. Uh, we don't know why yet, but it's bound to be bad. So let's go figure this out. Oh, by the way, on their way to go find this Bozoak, they were driving down the road and they zoomed past Signal Man when he was driving on his motorcycle. He was upset by this because they should not have passed him without his permission. This is the the driving rule, apparently. Yeah, I'm not really... Maybe they passed without signaling, which as a signal man, I'm sure he would be furious at. Yeah, I'm not totally sure signal man falls in on... Like, maybe space traffic rules are different? Because, like, it's definitely not... Maybe it's illegal in Japan to pass, pass a policeman without permission? I, I don't know. Anyway, none of this is... So... I. Uh... Well, no, it, it is man. relevant because, like, when oh, the signal right. shows up, they get into an argument, and the the car rangers are like, "Dude, why can you not chill? We are trying to stop this bozoak." And signal man says, "Like, no, you don't get it. Like, you say you are here to fight for the peace, but you don't follow the rules. Like, this is why I have to stay here because, like, you bozos can't be trusted." Right now, he doesn't say, and that's bumming me out because I miss my son. He just like he just sort of leaves it at that. But right, as he storms off. Away, yeah, uh, as he's walking away, he inadvertently drops the letter from uh, Signal Sun, and Ichitaru sees it. And Ichi, he like he reads it, and he's like, "Oh, like oh man." Uh, so then we see Signal Man is sort of hunting down XX Milano, and XX Milano is like, "Dude, this guy's closing in. I got to figure something out." He's like, I know. So he, he just rolls up on Signal Man. It is like, hey, dude, I saw a bunch of pizzas over there violating traffic rules. And then we see that. Well, we see exactly that. It's a we bunch of pizzas. We just see that. We see a bunch of pizzas just kind of on their own, uh, like Jay scooting. They don't walk because they don't have feet. Just sort of scooting across the street and uh, rolling past red... Just, I don't know why I'm elaborating. It's exactly what he said it was. It's a bunch of pizzas yeah. violating traffic rules. And Signal Man's like, oh my gosh, I must go stop these criminal pizzas. Right. So he dips. Uh, and then the Rangers show up on XX Mileno. And they're like, what? 
Like they look at this dude and uh they, they say like they're just like, What's your plan, man? They're like, We don't know what your plan is, but you did just trick Signal Man into leaving. So that probably means that you're a villain. Like so you're a bad I, dude. I guess it's time to stop you. And he's like, Oh yeah? Well what about this? And he pulls out a pizza. And then and I like, forget I forget who it was, but some of one of them, and I wrote this down. It's Ayuko, says, I believe. Uh, if I was scared of pizza, I wouldn't be an earthling. Yeah, she's just like, this is, we we crush this all day, every day. Like, this is our thing. Why why would you possibly choose pizza to threaten us? Dang, I want pizza now. Man. Yeah, it would be good. sounds good. So anyways, he's like, oh yeah? Well, how about this? And then he just throws it at them and uh, it explodes. So that's incredible. And then uh, he just summons, like, this swarm of flying, exploding pizzas. And they're, like, doing, like, backflips and, like, dodging around all of these pizzas. It's a very good scene. It's something that I want a gif of so that I can, like, text it to Pizza Club when it is time for us to assemble. Mm, that would be very good. Uh, the next thing that he does, it he's, uh, you know the controller? Like, from Marvel Comics, the very sure, dumb the Iron villain. Man villain. Yeah, the very dumb Iron Man villain. He, he pulls con- like a... Yeah, he puts control discs on people, and then he gains physical strength from how many people he has controlled. Yeah, there's actually like a really... <laughs> the controller is a villain of one of the more recent Iron Man arcs. <laughs> Someone else is fighting them along with Iron Man. And they're like... All right, Iron Man, so, like, what's this guy's deal? He's like, well, he puts control to sun people, and then he gets super jacked. And they're like, is that, like, is that it? And Iron Man's like, yeah, that's basically it. Like, he just gets real jacked. And then he shows up to fight the controller, and the controller's like, I'm so jacked. And Iron Man's like, (laughs) what? Yeah, we know. (laughs) Like, what's your plan, dude? Get super jacked, and then what? Like, and then just punch the Iron Man. Like, I get, like that seems to be the end of the plan. So the anyways... He's a weird villain, because he always seems, like, super sinister and insidious while he's doing the controlling part. And then when it gets down to the fight part, it's just a fight. Like, it's right, just it's a fight. Just, he gets, just he... uses it to get real jacked. It's so dumb. So... So anyways, although I guess XX Milano is sort of worse because he uses control pizzas, which aren't discs, uh, but he does not get super jacked. And, but he uses like, they're like mind control pizzas. Like he throws them on like, uh, but he throws them on dragon. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't think that they're mind control pizzas so much as they are like, he controls the pizzas. And the pizzas attach to the wheels like they're hubcaps, and they attach to the steering wheel like oh, a steering wheel. Oh, but the wheel. lights... I would agree with you, Matt, except that the lights turn green. Their headlights do turn green, indicating that they have gone over yeah, to the side of clearly, villainy. Yeah, clearly mind-controlled. Which I really so, love, because every time a human person gets mind-controlled, they get, like, extra eyeshadow, and that's just this, but cars... <laughs> like what guys don't what can we do like we have to do something with the eyes so everybody knows that they're mind controlled but they don't wear i really hope that this was like a very puzzling question where they were like is there a way we can get eyeshadow on an suv like can that happen let's exhaust every avenue <laughs> 
We just like, can't we make could, it work. But then we like we would have to like spray paint the car, and we don't want to spend that much time and production budget on it. Like I guess I guess we'll just have to do uh, green green bulbs. So so that like they blast like the cars blast the Rangers like into a warehouse, and then there's like a very weird cut. Because it, I didn't really see it happen, but all of a sudden they're in a giant pizza oven. Yes. Uh, yes, they are. Well, yeah. And they look down and they're like, this floor is weird. It's dough. It's very, it's very much dough. Right. Like and you then are fighting takes... a pizza man. You have just gotten thrown into a like an oven-shaped box with a circular soft thing on the ground. Like... Get it together, guys. Yeah, so then XX Milano like sort of pops up over the top, and he must have some sort of like uh like Star Wars style like invisible force field, right? Because like they try to blast him and it doesn't work. And he's like, I'm gonna make a, the the car range of pizza. And they're just like, Well, I okay. Well, that, that uh, seems bad, I guess. Like we're not into we're not into that. And he like shows them the recipe, uh, which he has taken the time to write out on like a, like an old timey Italian style, like mid seventies Italian restaurant style menu. Uh huh. And uh, oh man, total side note. Speaking of Italian food, I did just see what I think is the first episode of Good Eats: The Return, and Alton Brown Ooh. does. Yeah, Alton Brown does chicken parmesan, and it's real good. Looks real good, and I'm very excited for that show to be back. Anyway, chicken parmesan. I know, Sounds right? Dave. This is yeah. This is a terrible episode. It's not. It's great. No, so, this is a great episode. We're doing. Then a great there's job. some very. I'm just uh, there's some just killer prop work where they have just created like giant pizza toppings, and he is just sort of like hurling them. And this is great. Because I think for any other monster, if he were hurling these toppings at them, they would be like exploding and they would be weapons. But in the case of XX Mileno, they are literally just giant pizza toppings. Right. So uh, they have all like, they get covered in the toppings and like buried in the cheese and the sauce. And then he turns on the oven and now they are all baking in the oven. Yeah. Now I do want to say it is already established in canon that XX Mileno is the Bozok's best pizza maker. I think we have to say at this point, the Bozok are very bad at pizza because pizza does not go into a cold oven and then you heat it up like with the pizza already in there. Like you really need to have a preheated oven, ideally like a pizza stone or like something in the oven that will be absorbing heat to radiate it up into the pizza as soon as you put it on there. This is like a key element of quality pizza making. Yeah, and also this oven might be a microwave. It's kind yeah, of hard it's all, to tell. Yeah, it's well, it does. There is a lot of very visible fire. So, man, I don't. Let, hey, Matt, let's pause for a second, real quick, bud. <laughs> uh, does your microwave generate actual fire? Yeah, no, it's great. I, I I put everything in my big cast iron pad and I put it in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> so- you gotta cook stuff in the cast iron, Dave. That's how you uh, you know you gotta get a good sizzle on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you, not do this. Man, thing, you sure do, dear pal. Listeners. So yeah, please do not do that thing. Um, that's yeah, that's a full on full on joke. Um, so so we go back and. Ijitaru, he catches up with Signal Man, and he he gives him the picture, and he's like, 
sorry, maybe I shouldn't have read this, but like your son definitely wants you to come back and see him. And are like, are you going to go back? And Signal Man does everything but say like, no, and it's fine because I have you, my new adopted son, Ichitaru. <laughs> he just says like, no, I am not going back. And Ichitaru's like, I mean, you want to go back, right? Like that is, you want to, maybe? And Signal Man's like, I smell smoke and a pizza smell. And it just dips. <laughs> Away from my feelings. <laughs> so he so runs he... to the warehouse and he sees XX Milano. Um, He like, oh, because XX Milano has now taken the pizza out of the oven. And now it's just like on the ground on this street. And XX Milano is about to like cut it into slices and eat it. And that's like... That's where this episode goes from, like, oh, this wacky pizza guy to, like, oh, you're about to, like, eat the pink racer, racer's leg, and that's bad. Yeah, also, I mean, the rangers are definitely, like, alive and conscious and trapped in cheese. Um, and that's gotta be a bummer for them. Yeah, they are they are definitely bummed out about it. Uh, I mean, 100%. There's somebody out there who wouldn't be, but it's not the car rangers. Right. <laughs> so, so Signal Man shows up. He like he shoots them out of the cheese. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of, like, I've missed some stuff. I'm jumping ahead in my notes. Yeah, so they're trapped in cheese. It's not a, you didn't miss much. Like basically Signal Man attacks uh and XX Milano sort of like dodges a little bit and he's like you can't stop me cuz I'm like mind controlling these cars and I got the Rangers and a pizza. And see, this, this is the man, great part that I missed because the cars come to attack him and they're speeding towards him. Yeah, he is a human traffic light. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Like, I did not realize that like he had this power because he just like stands up and like the the traffic signals that are part of him just flash red. And he just says, no reckless driving. The law of the universe is that red means stop. And they just stop. Yeah, the cars stop, the pizzas fall off of them, and their mind control is broken by the power of his red lights. Like, could Signal Man just do that whenever he wants? Because that's huge. Yeah, uh, the fact anyways, that we're only discovering this now in episode 27 is kind of wild. Dude, I love it. I hope he has yellow light powers and green light powers, too. I'm just excited I mean, to find out what Yellow light powers are. Are, pretty, are pretty boring, probably. Maybe they just like, no, dude, maybe it's like a slow time thing. So anyways, Signal Man's like, all right, like it's basically time to show off now. So he does like a, like a flying flip. And like, as he's flipping over the pizza, he uses like precision laser blasts to cut apart the pizza. All the Rangers get out. They all attack. Uh, they drop Giga Booster. Uh... I do really like this. XX Milano does eat Emo Yokan. Pizza Emo Yokan pizza. Yes, he has prepared it. It has many pieces of Emo Yokan. Yeah. Uh, so he goes giant. They summon Sirender. They summon RV Robo. Uh, the one cool thing about this fight that is a little bit unusual is they lead with yellow vehicle spin kick. And I just I just dig it anytime a giant robot does something other than, you know, like kill someone with, with a their... sword. 
Yeah, yeah cut you with their sword. Uh, so they do Siren Vulcan, they do um, Gekaso Cut, and then that's that's the end of XX Mileno. So, so we end at, the episode. Yeah, a- after the fight, like, Signal Man is down in the park, and he's looking, I mean, as much as someone with a plastic face that does not move can, he looks forlorn. And Ichitaro sort of I think a pretty walks, good job. Yeah, Ichitaro walks up to him, and they're sort of standing together for a minute, and the car rangers walk over, and they say, oh my gosh, Signal Man, like... No, no matter how often we, like, squabble, you're always a reliable ally. Thank you so much for all your help. Let's continue to fight the Bozoak together. This is great. And Signal yeah. Man is just like... Internally. Yeah it's, yeah, it's great. Thanks so much. I'll stay and fight with you. Like, you guys are the best. And then internally, he says, A stalwart ally. I cannot abandon them. Please understand, my son. I was legit blown away that that was the conclusion that we got on this because I'm American. And if this had been an American show, it 100% would have ended with signal man taking a break to go see his wife and child. Right. But like, nope, it's not. This is a Japanese show. And that dude is staying at his job. It's very important, Dave. Although, well, you did, have you seen the name of next week's episode? No, I have not. Nor do I want to know what it is. Okay, well, I, I will not tell you, but uh, watch this space. Um, got it, got it. So, as, so then... And then bum, bum, Gambit bum. attacks them. <laughs> I was going to say that exact thing. Um, A bunch no, it's of exploding not. playing cards just come out of nowhere. Uh, it is, of course, Zelmoda. Who has, if you recall, a playing card sword. I didn't know that that was quite as much of a motif as it is. But now that I think about it, if you look at his head, he does have sort of a weird, like, stylized playing card kind of head-looking thing. Uh, And he just straight kidnaps Ichitaru and teleports away. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, like, you think the episode is over... And they have, like, resolved all the issues. And then all of a sudden, nope, it's a cliffhanger. Uh, anyway, it's a really fun episode. I'm looking forward to next week's to see how this resolves. But Dave, although it is the end of this episode, it's not the end of our episode. Because first, of course, we need to determine where XX Milano lands in the Creature Royale. Okay. He's an uh, evil pizza man who has evil pizza skills and makes evil pizzas. Yeah. I love him. I, okay. I love him. I love, like, this is one of, man, like, Car Rangers this, this really knocking special. out of the park. This one is special. This is, okay, so I would say he is going to kind of sit pretty close to the top of monsters that are in in high spots based purely on, like, having a really cool, like, theme. Right. Okay, well, I mean, here's here's the range on that. The The top range of that is number six, seven, and eight on the list, who are Time Space Mammoth, God Noodle, and the Tomato Great King. Okay, so... Two of those are also food-themed. Yeah, now they also, they have great themes, but those three also were particularly fantastic episodes, I thought. This yes, is and- a very... 
This is a very good episode. I don't think it's as good as like Time Space Mammoth, where like Raita goes back in time and like finds love and you know. Okay, okay. Whatever. So then where are you looking? So I I don't think he's as high as any of the of the monsters that are in there because like they really have like heart and character. So like he's not like hungry wolf demon. He's not dryer dimension. He's not Baracactus. Yeah. Right. Like he's not he's not up there yet. And there are just some like there are some monsters that are above this, but like he's not he's not quite up there. But like into the realm of like I would say sniper cat, lipstick songstress um, not necessarily that high, but like in in that realm, like top forty. Okay, well, if you're looking at top forty, the number forty is uh, Ila Quinta. If I'm saying that right, man, I don't know. Um, yeah, Ila Quinta. Yeah, Ila Quinta was like the legendary Godspeed that Zelmoda manages to like. Summon is like Bozoak Flash, if you remember oh, him. Oh, yes, he summons Flash from the Speed Force. That was also extremely good. Okay, so... Maybe he goes below that. He might not be quite that good, but right below that is Baramicron, Meteor Bam, and Sarugami the Ninja Monkey. Yeah, the, the, I... next, the next Bozoak done from there is uh, Vivi Gorin, the Olympian. And I think I like XX Milano more than him. I think I do. I think he is. I think that's actually the spot. I think he doesn't quite make the top 40. I think he's right under Ella Quinta, but he is cooler than Baramicron. Yeah, definitely cooler than Meteor Bem. Meteor Bem was in like really, really good episodes of Jetman. But Meteor Bem yeah. himself was more of a like, he was a plot device more than he was a monster. And like... XX Milano has a stupid accent, and it made an Ibojokan pizza, and that's great. Yeah, so uh, he comes in at spot number 41. All right. And Good that for you, Dave, XX Milano. That, Dave, is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show... Please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. And if you gave all of those to us, that would be very kind of you. Uh, These Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Just recorded a three and a half hour episode of Spectre talking about Thunderball. It was really Ooh, fun. You can find wow. that there or wherever. Is that a record for podcasts you guys? Are made. Um, it's probably going to get edited down a little bit because I had to like take a break somewhere in there. So it, it might not be our record, but it's close and it was a doozy. Uh, Thunderball is a ball. A Thunderball, in fact. <laughs> um, anyway, um, once again. Oh, uh, Dave, what was that email one more time for getting oh, a hold yeah. of you for your uh, gameplay test? Yeah, again, if you're interested in playtesting uh, this Sentai-oriented role-playing game that I've put together, uh, we'd love that. And the email address is GoSentaiHeroes, uh, no punctuation, 
uh, at gmail.com. All right. And with that, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.